Hey, you're listening to Chew On That. Here's what we're chewing on today. <laughs> the best puzzlers are going to tell you that the best process to puzzling is to put together the edge first because it's the framework and the framework creates the flow and that flow allows everything to fit firmly into place. So today I want to give you the framework that's going to help us to understand one of the most, ready for this, puzzling questions that people ask about God. Dad joke, extreme. Here's today's question. Why isn't God blessing me? Hey, hi, my name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor at Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for Chew on That, where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening here at Life Church. And in this case, it happens to be the Wise and God Blessing Me sermon from our classics series, where we're throwing back and going back and revisiting some earlier messages uh, um, uh, from recent years. And so joining me today is my very good friend, Jonathan Wilson. Say hello, Jonathan. Hello. Hey, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Okay. That's it. Let's jump into that. I'm totally just kidding. <laughs> that was great. Jonathan, I feel like a lot of people probably know your face because uh, you're super handsome and you sing on the worship team. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. So um, I moved to Wisconsin in 2014 uh, from Missouri for work. And my wife and I have three kids. We have two teenagers. We have an eight-year-old. And uh, I work for a, a major corporation. And then, yeah, for fun, I do a lot of music stuff. So I do some of my own songs and then I uh, sing here at church. That's awesome. That's awesome. So are you originally from Missouri? Originally from Missouri. Uh, so Springfield, Missouri. Oh, sure. It's the headquarters of Assemblies of God. It totally is. So, it's the uh, bosom of the Assemblies of God. Yeah, so that's yes. how that's how my family got there. My dad uh, was a preacher and oh, okay. uh, started off, went to, he went to a, a Bible college there. Uh, through the assemblies, and and he was a, a a preacher and a missionary through the assemblies of God. Gotcha, that's so, awesome. So yeah. you were a PK. I was, and then for a while we were missionaries. So I was a missionary's kid. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Where where was your dad a missionary to? In the Netherlands. I don't really feel like that's missionary work. I feel like <laughs> if you're not eating bugs, right? Sure. Or like you, if you're not in Africa, forget it. <laughs> no, the my dad. Yeah. Like, what the Dickens? Yeah, but uh, well, you know, right? It's it's like the, the you know, sadly on on a serious note, right? It's like a prostitution capital of the world, you oh, know, in sure. the red light district, and and uh, you know, girls can can get into that. I mean, this is so sad to say this at, at age thirteen. Wow. So uh, so yeah, so a lot of work there. My 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 mom has also did a lot of ministry work with those girls. So, oh. so neat work, but, uh, awesome. but yeah, so that Sorry, was us. I didn't mean to be insensitive. No, it's not at all. Yeah. You think like, gosh, man, yeah, you, I yeah, think about windmills and coffee and shoes. Yeah, That's sure. What, yeah. yeah and like, tulips. Yeah. No, it was beautiful. Yeah. We weren't like roughing it for Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The elements weren't destroying us or anything. Yeah. That's awesome. And so like, so then faith has been part of your life since the jump. Forever. Yeah. I don't remember not being a Christian. I yeah. uh, don't remember, you know, not going to church three times a week. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so yeah, th this is, this has just been a lifelong thing for me. I, you know, the, the, I would say one, one neat aspect of it though. And I hope maybe this is the same for everybody. I do think there was a, a key moment where it wasn't just like being, I wasn't spoon fed Jesus. And yeah. like, I can remember the moment where I made a conscious choice. Like yeah. this is what I'm choosing though for me. Um, and, and, and so uh, you know, to me, yeah, the greatest testimony is I've been saved my whole life. Uh, but um, I do think that there there has to be this moment where I'm choosing this for me, not because I've been just told this my whole life. Yeah, 100%. And so where, how did you meet your your wife? 
Uh, so we met at youth group. Oh, uh, so yeah. So it's we like the perfect story. <laughs> I know. Right. So yeah, we were, uh, really young, like 16 or 15 or something sure. like that. So really super young. And, uh, and, and, and yeah. And when we're, this sounds like a movie, we were friends first, you yep. know what I mean? And her brother took me home a, a couple of times and, and, uh, and so that's kind of how it, it huh. blossomed from there. I love that. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about Jonathan. Okay. So let's just jump into the sermon. Uh, um, why doesn't God bless me? And so uh, it's a really great uh, teaching, I feel like, yeah. on, um, on what blessing actually means and then how we return those blessings. So um, let's just jump in and listen to that first soundbite right now. I know you want stuff. I know I want stuff, but that's not what that scripture means because here's what that scripture actually says. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what that means is when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you not your desires, he'll actually give you his desires. What that's saying is that he's gonna make his desires your desires. He will shape your heart into his heart. Yeah, I super duper love that. Yeah. Super big time, man. Because I think a lot of times we you you translate that verse. If I tithe, then I'm gonna get a giant house, yeah. a Mercedes Benz, right? And uh, you know the whole I'll have the dream job, and that's right. not the scenario. No, uh, you no. know, real joy comes really from what you can do for other people. Yeah, and so that's one of the beauties of tithing is then getting to see all the things that, let's say it's your local church, right? For us here at this church, I get to see all these things yes. that we're doing. The children's ministry, these kids accepting Jesus, junkies coming off the street. Right. Uh, I get to see them accepting Christ and thinking, I had a part in that. Yeah. How exciting is that? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, our, our culture today, you know, um, nurtures us into feeling like, uh, the uh, the things that we should desire are things that can be bought or things that can be accumulated. Like it just like everything points to that, you know, like yeah. everything, like every, every way that we're marketed to every way that we're communicated with every way that we're entertained. Like they all show like your life is incomplete. Your desires need to change to be these things. And you're not going to be happy until you have these things. Yeah. You know, and so like this idea that God will give me the desires of my heart, like it's easy to see that this is a, a perfect example of the thing that people often take out of context and just pull that out. And then I'm just going to wait on this. I'm going to wait for God to give me the desires of my heart because it's a promise that he made. Yeah. But like what they don't know is what's happening behind the scenes, that the deeper you are in love with Jesus, the deeper you're, you're in a relationship with God, like the more you change what's going to make you happy. And like there's nothing wrong, right, like with Lamborghinis or I don't think that Mercedes-Benz should be in that list because I feel like... <laughs> Like one of my favorite cars ever was this, it was like a 93, 300TE, so that's the wagon. Yeah. Oh, I love that car. That was, you know, and it wasn't like a super expensive car, but it was a fantastic, I remember I would, I would like use, I was so poor then that I would use like spare chains to fill the gas. And like the, I remember I went into a gas station. That's once when and, you could. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you could. <laughs> Yeah, when there was well, that change. was an option. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I think if I put like seventy five cents worth of correct. gas in my car, that would have given you a gallon of gas. Right. Yes, that's the catch. But then the uh, then the gas station is like that's a pretty fancy car to be 
To <laughs> be scrounging around, man. <laughs> anyway, my point is, is that there's nothing wrong with these things. And no. I, some people are going to have those things. Correct. Some good people are going to have them. Some bad people are going to have them. Some good people are going to drive crappy cars. And you know what I mean? It's got nothing to do with like, we keep thinking that this is how we're measuring the square footage of our house or yeah. how many letters are after our name or what our title is or, you know, how expensive our cars. We think these are the measuring sticks. But then when we, when we switch to this relationship, you know, with Jesus, it's like, that's a, it's a whole different measuring stick. And so like, how much is this like Jesus? That's the measuring stick, Yeah, you know? And so like, I love this. So, so that that's when my desires change. Like you said, I want to make a difference for other people, Yeah, you know? And so that I'm not even concerned about, you know, what the world tells me the desires of my heart. I want God to, to write the desires of my heart. Yeah. And I think so the, the best example for this, for people to, to chew on of, Hey, if I get more, that means I can do more for other people is, is the Christmas present. We all know the joy of it is watching the kid open oh, the present, not you. Second, I thought you were talking about the Christmas shoes and I thought you were going to talk about that. <laughs> no. And then I was like, this is the end of the podcast. And, and Thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll talk to we're you done. next Bye-bye. <laughs> no, yes, but you you're know, right. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, I that shows you that how much joy you can't wait for them to see the bike yes. or the whatever. Right. Um, and that shows you, imagine applying that to 365 Instead of just one day a year. Yeah. And on top of that, like, think about like, so like when you think about Christmas as a kid, you just wanted what you wanted and you wanted it that day and you were disappointed if you didn't get it. Right. Sure. But at some point, right. You cross over at some point you cross over yep. and you're like, I want to make sure I get the best gift for my girlfriend or my wife or my kids. Yep. Right. I want to see their faces. I want to be blessing to them. A lot of us spiritually never cross over. We remain as little kids on a, on a Christmas morning, hoping that we're going to get something underneath our Christmas tree. Yeah. And like, that's not what we're here for. That the, the, the gift, the best gift ever, eternal life with Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I, I don't mean to blah, blah, blah. No, but just uh, like, yeah. But like, like that's the best gift ever. So now like, I'm going to take that, but too many of us sit in church and we're still waiting for God to give us the Lamborghini or give us a mink coat or give us whatever the thing is. Yeah. That seems ridiculous in light of the fact that we're forgiven, you know? You have the wrong night, the twenties. You, you did the nineteen twenties there with the mink coat, but yeah. yeah. Do people we're, not wear? We're mink in the coats? current twenties. Yeah, it's the new twenties. It's the new uh, roaring twenties. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, correct. I was trying to think of like like Madonna's uh, music video for like what was the name? She was like a redo of a song, probably right? Like uh, where she like gets all these things like diamonds and like. Uh, and the fur. I, I can visually see it, but I don't yeah, know the she's got song. Like a pink dress on and like super fifties hair. Uh, yes. Yeah. Because I was more I into think of that rock and roll. I didn't do a lot of pop. Oh my, whatever, dude. Just if you could see me. this guy's hair right now, you'd say, "Oh yeah, whatever, boomer." All right, let's jump into the, let's jump into the <laughs> next clip. But to the Jewish people, that's not what siddaka means. Siddaka at its root means justice, fairness or righteousness. So in Judaism, giving to the poor is actually an act of righteousness. And righteous just means being in right standing with God. So their understanding scripturally is that to be in right standing with God requires that we give away a portion of our finances. In fact, according to Jewish tradition, the spiritual benefits of generosity are so great that a beggar actually does a giver a favor by giving them the opportunity to give. Stop it. This is so something good. I never knew about about like the the Jewish culture that this 
this, uh, but then if you go back and read the Old Testament, it's all over the Old Testament. Sure. Right? Like, wasn't there a thing you would know because your dad was a preacher, but wasn't there this thing like where you were told to like work your field for five years or seven years or something and then take one year off and like, I don't know, give all that food to somebody else or like to give it to the orphans and the widows and everything or something like that. That sounds like, super familiar. Yeah, I'll say that. Like, yeah, correct. Right? I just feel like, it feels like that part, yeah. making sure that we're taking care of our own is like, that was part of the Jewish culture. And because uh, I was reading, I'm reading this book right now. I would tell you the title of it, but I can't remember, but it's brilliant. Cause it's I'm like in chapter one, there's always like, there's already like 10 things I underline, like, I, oh my gosh. But it talks about how we are um, immigrants to the word, right? Like you and I are immigrants. Sure, we are. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this isn't even like, we're like, we're just like newly arrived on the scene. Yeah. Like it's not even our book. Yeah. And so when you think about the Jewish culture and this idea that we're always going to take care of our own, that's easy to imagine what the first Christian churches were like because they were primarily Jewish anyway, right? With Gentile um, immigrants, right? Yeah. Like, but they were like, it was part of church to take care of everybody. Yeah. Now we don't really look at it that way. Like, you know, if you go on social media, you can see all sorts of people. They're like, you know, we got to stop giving people money for not working. We got to stop enabling people to not blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I mean, it's okay. I guess it's okay if you're just a Republican or a conservative or whatever that is. Like, it's, I guess that's okay if you say, but if you also profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think you get to say that. I think unless you're like outright like giving and making sure that you're taking care of the people that you can reach and you can touch, then I, I don't think you're supposed Anyway, I don't want to get political. I'm just saying that this idea that we take care of people, like this is a thing. And it's like, it's part of the Jewish culture. It needs to be part of our culture that, that we give, we're generous because we have so much. And, yeah. And some people will say, well, I don't really have that much, you know? And so like, I'm not going to give, but then... You know, the widow's might was uh, was a was a a, a lesson on um, percentages, right? Like, sure, she gave the whole enchilada, right? Yeah, like she gave everything, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's two cents, right? So, two cents to whatever the billionaire guy doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. But it was her last two cents, sure. And so that's what she felt she needed to give. And so, like, when I think about how we're supposed to give, like, we have to be that generous, where it's just like this isn't really even mine to begin with. Yeah. And, and then that's where, I think that's where the challenge comes in is, is the confusion that this is yours to begin with. Yeah. Right. And you have to realize, it, it, especially as a Christ follower, you have to think I've been given my life through Christ. I have my health through Christ. Uh, I'm able to do these things and work, you know, get a check every two weeks or every month, whatever that math is for you, uh, because of Christ. Yeah. So the, Again, I know it's so cliche, but 100% of it really is his in the first place. Right. Without him giving you life, right? The Bible says, I knew you when I formed you in your mother's womb. So he's known us from the jump, given us life from the beginning before we even came out of our mothers. Right. Um, so the whole thing is his. And, and, and he's just simply given us the ability to play in the game of life, right? Like a baseball game, right? He let us go out on the field. What are you going to do with the life I've given you? Um, and then now it's our our turn to, to what are you going to do with it? And man, if I have an opportunity to give back, um, again, to me, you're, you're, you're robbing what, what great joy could bring you. It's not just, I'm giving out of some obligation. Again, look at your church, look at the amazing things they're doing and think, wow, I get to be a part of those kids. Go, go stand in the line when the kids are coming out. Right. They're not frowning. Right. 
They got grins ear to ear. Go to the prayer thing in the back and don't go to prayer. Just sit there and watch. Watch the loving kindness that comes from that relationship when someone's getting prayed for. Yes. And you get to think, wow, my ties are paying for that interaction. Yeah. Um, call the church and say, hey, man, what are you guys doing with the ties? We, we can give you a, a list after list of people we're assisting uh, that you don't know about. We can't go through every single one of them every yeah, Sunday. That's right. Uh, but you'd be like, holy moly, wow, I get to be a part of that? How yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, again, the, the, the people that have come off the street, the families that have been restored because of a, an affair or whatever that we've been able to, to, to counsel back together again through the giving uh, of people in this church. So it's just think of the Brown County Correction Facility. Again, just tons of ministries we've got going on that allow, and that's what your ties are going towards. That's it. That's it for sure. Unbelievable. Has, has, do you feel like generosity has always been part of your DNA? Like, was there, was there ever a time where you were like, oh, no, but this is mine? Like, don't you understand what I've done to get to where I am, to, like, get to my pay to where it is? And Or has generosity always been part of who you were? It's a no. Uh, so, no. So, part of it, as a child, I was absolutely giving out of, uh, again, my as a child, my God, I, I the relationship was solely fear-driven. Yeah. It was God has this giant stick. He is watching me, waiting for me to make a mistake. And he wants to pounce me with that stick the moment I do something wrong. So, uh, no, it took a while for that to happen. And in, in, in what's neat is, and again, I, 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 I'm not saying I've, I've made it. I am saying this though. I am a more mature Christian than I was yesterday. And hopefully I'm more mature tomorrow, but I am at a stage now where giving is like an exciting thing for me, right? So uh, there there are things I give to that I get the biggest kicks out of that no one on the planet will ever know about um, that brings so much joy to my heart uh, that I'm able to give to financially because God keeps blessing me. Let me ask you just one more question on this topic then. In what ways do you instill that notion into your kids? Because you said you have teenagers now, right? Yep. And so like, there's going to start understanding what this looks like. Is there a way, is there a method, is there a thing that you do to like make sure that they see that, that not only just our money, but our love and our, and our affection, like isn't meant to be hoarded. isn't meant to be kept. It isn't meant to be, you know, kept to ourselves. And in fact, it is meant to be given away. Uh, I, I think you have to, great question. I think you have to show your kids the ministries that are going on, uh, right? They, you know, again, their, their, their minds are uh, teenagers, right? So I have told them, Hey, this happened or Hey, this children's wing, we, we went to a different church and they built a children's wing that got built because of tithes, right? Uh, when we lived in Missouri. Right. And, um, so I think you do need to explain to them, here's what it's going towards. Not just some random, the plate came by or again, they're online now, right? So they give yeah. online. Um, they both have jobs. Um, so I think, I think that's how you instill it is to show here's what it's going towards. So it's not just some, it's, I'm just giving it to God. They can see in their hands or in their eyes, this is what's happening. I'll never forget one time um, that, that children's wing being built at our, our former church in Missouri and my daughter saying, wow, I was a part of that. I gave yeah. to that campaign. Uh, and just, just the, again, the, 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 the Christmas morning moment for yes. her. Yep. Um, and, and so that's what I have to do. And then that's worked well. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Probably the area where people struggle more than anything in their Jesus journey. And I've heard all the arguments. Tithing's not required. Tithing's not for today. Tithing's under the law, but I'm under grace. Tithing is only Old Testament. I can't afford to tithe. I'm not giving 10% of my 
money to a church. I don't understand tithing. Like that last one is the one that probably prompted this message. Yeah, I guess, you know, for me, this goes back to that thing about about moving past our childhood Christmas into like mature Christmas, right? To where yeah. I'm not looking for what's in it for me. I'm looking for, well, how can I, okay. sometimes when they, when people have like telethons or radiothons or whatever, they'll like, there's this like match, right? Like if, you know, for the next hour, <laughs> if you give a hundred dollars, so-and-so, you know, incorporated will match yours. And so you're automatically going to double your giving. Sure. Your gift, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, that's kind of how I feel it works with God. Like when, like he's matching what I'm giving and like, that's a, it's a mature decision to have to make to say, I'm not going to, I'm not really in this for what's in it for me. I'm in it for like, how do I make more people know about the love of Jesus Christ? And how do I make that happen? And so like, that's, so then God matches that gift. And so I feel like that's, that's kind of this thing that we have to do where we have to stop thinking about what's in it for me. Cause nothing in the Bible says, look out for yourself. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, if you know something <laughs> and you want to send me a Bible verse, you can send it to Please Scott send. at lifechurchgreenbay.com. But I don't think there's anything that says, make sure you take care of number one and then start taking care of everybody else. Yeah, and I think, you know, if, if, if you look at it, a lot in the scriptures, giving is, is just throughout the whole thing, I think of even uh, like a, a Sodom and Gomorrah. If, if you don't know that, right, God judged this town. One of the reasons he judged them, he lists them, is they did not uh, strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. Right, that was one of the reasons for it, and and it's just a calling uh, of a Christian. So again, we know step one is salvation. Uh, you know, we have baptism and things like that. But again, if you're a, if you're a, a Christ follower, you need to be tithing. And again, the the principle isn't just again I'm going to do that so God covers me and I have some protection. Again, it's the joy of seeing what God's done for you, and you can you get to be a part of that with other people. Uh, you get to, to to find out, hey, again, once again, my, my church did X, my church did Y, uh, you know, my giving got to be a part of that that, that greater good of, of changing people's lives for Christ. And that that exchange that's happened with you, you get to see happen with someone else. Yeah, I super duper love that. I think it's remarkable that you just said that. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a book right now, uh, Decolonizing Christianity. Okay. And... Uh, he points that out. That that's something that we've glossed over a lot because we super love the um, uh, the more um, apparent and the more popular um, condemnation of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Where the you know of homosexuality, which is still true. I'm not saying it's not true. Sure, but there's definitely parts where he's like, you know, before he even mentions that, he says, "Listen, you guys aren't even taking care of your poor people. Yeah, you're not even doing the least thing that you're supposed to do." I this raises the ire of God, right? This is the least that you're supposed to do. Is, Correct. Is empower the marginalized and feed the poor and visit the prisoner. Like these are the things you're supposed to do. Correct. And so, like, it's funny that you mentioned that because you know, at 54, I never. I mean, I'm sure I read that. Sure. But you gloss over it because it's Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Yeah, you're so, like, oh, they're so sinful. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. like, not not recognizing that top sins included are this idea that they didn't help the poor. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's such a big deal for the church. It's such a... I'm in this place right now where I feel like I, I've been informed, not wrongly, but not fully, you know? Like, sure. I think there's things that I just, you know, I, I think I might have mentioned this on another episode. Like, the... Like the Oklahoma City race, like riot thing, 
Never heard about that in my whole life. I never sure. heard about it. Wasn't that. in the history books. Nope, not it's at not all. there. You know, and like, I don't know, like I, I feel like I'm relearning so much of history. And so when I think about, you know, my Bible lesson on Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Like, okay, that's a thing. Sure. We can talk about that in some other podcast. But there's yeah. also this part about this podcast that we're talking about right now where you have to give and you have to be a blessing and you have to be generous. Yeah. And to think that you don't have to be, you know, or we're looking out for, you know, I don't want to get my money to this place because I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I need to la, la, la. I need to rah, rah, rah. And you're like, what? No, that's not even... That's not even the equation. Yeah. Like you give to the place where you worship. So the place that you worship can, can benefit more people. That's, I mean, that's the whole point of it. It's not like it, it's not like it's a, your contract. I say this downtown, our contract isn't between you and the church. And like, when you give to the church, you're giving to the church and giving to Sean or giving to Sonny or giving to whoever. That's not your contract. Your covenant is with God. It's just that, you know, like church is the bank that that's happening. Through, sure. Correct. You know? And so it's like a savings and loan though. Like on, it's a wonderful life, right? Where the money isn't always just like in a, it's not like in a vault here somewhere. Like we, our money's like in someone else's pocket right now, or we're paying off medical bills or we're helping people eat this week or finding a hotel for this family to live in this week. Or I mean, that's where the money goes. Yeah. It's not like it's like in a vault somewhere here. And so it's one of my favorite scenes. From that's right. Life. That's right. Yeah. Attaboy, Clarence. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> So I always cry at the end of that movie. How every can you not? Time, every time. In fact, if you don't cry, we can't be friends. So <laughs> anyway. Pedals, pedals. Oh my gosh, so good. Anyway, so I, I super duper love that. Like I love this idea that that's got to be part of just like how we operate. It's got to be part of how we operate. Yep. There's like, there is an Old Testament and a New Testament, but there isn't an old God and a new God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so Jesus comes along and he says, woe to you teachers of the law and you Pharisees, you are hypocrites. You give a 10th of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But watch this, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. And so what Jesus was saying is you should be living right. But it's not enough just to live right. That's why people who say I was a good person, that's not the only way that people can go to heaven. Jesus said you should live right and you should tithe. Y'all, if that were the only verse in the whole book about tithing, I would tithe because the only one who delivered me from sin told me that I should. I um, had a conversation uh, with uh, one of our people downtown. Um, and she was asking me about her walk and her faith. She's like college age. She's very sweet. She's got like uh, some kind of crappy disease, like Crohn's or something that just like makes her life miserable. Shucks. She's just like always working at it, you know? And so Dang. she's like, she goes to GB. She's super like excluded at GB. She's just trying to figure out, you know, She's like, you know, I'm a good person. Like I do good things and I never do anything wrong. And then blah, 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 blah. And yeah. so I wanted to address that with her first. I said, listen, that part about being a good person, like that's not, like that's not, that's not part of the equation. Like following the rules isn't part of the equation. God knew all the rules that you broke up until now and the ones that you'll break between now and when you die. And he, they're already paid for. Yeah. In fact, he's already forgotten them. Like they're as far from you as the East is from the West. The reason that we do things like justice and mercy and faithfulness, the reason we're supposed to love those things is because that proves to be an example to other people about like, here's a person that, you know, 
has those things. I want those things. How do I get those things? How do, how do, how, you know? And so like this idea that there's two things go hand in hand that you need to, that you need to give and tithe, but you also need to be lovers of justice and mercy and faithfulness. Like they go hand in hand and neither one of those things earns your way into heaven. Your, your way into heaven's already been paid for. So yeah, that's Jesus. Yeah. yeah. If you're, if you're at all thinking that you've got to tithe so you get to heaven or you've got to be a lover of justice, faithfulness and, and mercy, mercy, if you think that's and that's your ticket to ride, yeah. like you've got it all wrong, and we should sit down sometime because that's not that's not how this works. We're not good people, so we get into heaven. We're lousy people. The price to heaven's already been paid for. The ticket's already been purchased. Were these things because they prove and they point to the magnificence of Jesus Christ, and that's why we do them. So in the book, when it talks about how faith without works is dead, yeah, right, because some people will use that. They'll pull that out and like you know with a crane. You can't see him doing that gesture. The claw. So they, they'll pull that out and they'll say, well, that's why you've got to do works. Well, no, it's just saying that you couldn't possibly have a deep enough faith. You know, if your faith was deep at all, you'd have to do works. You yeah. have to do works. Yeah. And I, and then maybe that's, you know, again, a lot of times we, we can maybe confuse the, 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 the Bible verse. I'll open the floodgates of heaven. You know, when you tithe, right. Yeah. We, we maybe think that means money is just going to be falling out of me. Yeah. Maybe goodness and mercy are yes. coming our way. Yes. Maybe that's the blessing yes. that we won't be able to contain yep. uh, is, is the joy that comes from the giving, right. the joy of seeing the other people up in the Christmas presence, the, the the peace that can come into your life, knowing God's in control. He's literally said, I'll put a covering over you when you're tithing yep. and knowing, man, God's in control. And again, just like salvation, it doesn't mean the moment I get saved, peace is coming over my entire life. No problems ever coming my way. It just means Jesus is going to be there the whole time. So I think that the same has to apply to our finances. Yes, I've never known a faithful tither to, to go into some financial ruin. Doesn't mean financial crisis may not come. Doesn't mean you're not going to lose the job. Right. Doesn't mean the washing machine may not break. It's just going to mean he's going to get you through that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and, and that's the promise of it. Yeah, I, I think I feel like faith is a long game. And too often, again, we try to apply like earthly and, and, and lifelong measures to like what's important. And so like when we think about our money, we think like, well, I mean, clearly you need money. You've got to, there's truth to that, right? Sure. But like, but like, that's not the long game. That's the short game. And so when yeah. God looks at our lives, right? When he, when God, who's been here forever, right? And so like, and he looks at our 84 years and he's like, you guys, this is absolutely nothing. 84 years is like 84 <laughs> milliseconds, yeah. right? Like, and so he's like, this isn't that big of a deal. But like for us, it's like, I remember when I got done with the service um, and I tried to get go into sales, I was a lousy salesperson. I was a good salesperson. I yeah. was a lousy closer. Like I just, I just. You're pretty sweet. Yeah. I am pretty sweet. Yeah. I just couldn't hammer people. Anyway, yeah. but I remember, I remember I made a big sale and I was going to get paid a thousand dollars a week. And for me, this was like in 1990, probably. It's pretty so solid. That yeah. was like, it was a yeah. lot of dough. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I thought that's it. That's everything. <laughs> I made and it baby. That's all that mattered to me was yeah. this idea of a thousand dollars a week. And so like, but I don't remember what I did with that thousand dollars. Like, I don't, I mean, did I blow it? Did I buy, did I pay some old bills? I don't know what I did yeah. with it, but like all I wanted was to make that thousand dollars for a week to say that I make a thousand dollars a week because I thought that was everything. But now yeah. I can't even remember what I did with it. It's like when you stub your toe and it really hurts right when you stub your toe, but like a, a an hour later, maybe a week later, for sure, like you don't remember how much that hurt. You're like, oh yeah, I did. Sure. Yeah, I think that was, when I, yeah, I did, I did bump my toe. But we don't remember it. And that's like what life is. Like life is this like 
Like the hard times in our life is like stubbing a toe and like it's crappy and it hurts a lot. Like nothing hurts more than when you do that. Sure. Right. Or like those things that stick out from like the bed frame that. What's wrong with that? Why'd they yeah. ever make beds that way? Yeah. So you could like a, fix that? like a footboard to it or something like that. Yeah. Like no one even has footboards anymore. No. Like take those things off. Yeah. Stop. Oh man. It hurts when you hit your shit on those. But like, again, in that moment, nothing hurts worse. It's yeah. the worst pain in the entire world. But then like. Like I said, a day later, you're like, ah, yeah, that was a thing. And so we have to look that way about our life. Like we have to stop trying to measure it as though what we make or how long we live or how well we live, like how flourishly, not a word, we live. Like that's not the thing at all. Flourishing, yeah. yeah, maybe. No, I, I think this, you know, this, this side of heaven, uh, the, the, the moment you get to heaven, I guarantee you, man, every tithe you ever gave, you'll be like, holy moly, wish I gave even more, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the, the moment you get there, I just have to assume you're going to be able to spiritually, your eyes are open and you'll see, wow, look at all these things that happened. Maybe somebody comes and greets you. Hey, I'm Jim. I was in the Brown County Correctional Facility. Uh, I got saved. I was XYZ before. I'm ABC now. Um, you just, you never know what your tithe might do. I read, I, I know a story of a church where a guy, uh, tie through a church, gave, uh, kind of the widow's might thing, couldn't give a lot. Anyhow, long story short, he grew tomatoes, had no money, gave tomatoes to these other people. Uh, they were not believers. They became believers through that. Mm. The, 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 they end up becoming a pastor of one of the largest churches in America, Gosh. all because a guy just gave faithfully. Right. Here's some tomatoes and would tell them about Jesus. The guy is now a, a pastor of a mega church. Tens of thousands of people come every Sunday. That's amazing. You know, so give, give what you can. Yeah, yeah. And the pastor told the king, and this, these heaps that you see that took three months for them to pile them up, that's only the 10%. You should see how much they have. This is like, if this is the 10%, can you imagine the 90% that they got to keep? Because tithing is a benefit, not a burden. And when you tithe 10% of your income, every time you get to raise your tithe, the only reason you get to raise your tithe is because God raised your 90. But the question is, do you look at tithing like it's a burden or like it's a benefit? Yeah, I, you know, here he's telling the story. It's from the Old Testament. I should know it. I should have written it in my notes and I didn't. But like he's telling the story about like the foundation of tithing, right? Where there's this like, I think there's a king, doesn't, it wasn't like a Jesus king or a God king. It wasn't a yeah. king of Israel. He was just a king, right? Yeah. But then they like 10%, a tithe of the, of the, of the income, a tithe of the proceeds, a tithe of the, you know, what the nation brought in was laid, you know, before the church, before the palace, before the whatever, right? Yeah. And the king was astounded at how much 10% looked like. Yes. And so, and then the prophet, I don't know, Daniel, I yeah. don't know who it is, doesn't matter. So it's like, like Sean said, if you think this is amazing, can you just imagine what they look like? Like how much is 90%? This is, if the heap is 10%, yeah. how giant is the mountain that makes up the 90%? And we can apply that to our lives. Again, not always in Mercedes-Benz wagons or Lamborghinis or, you know, four-stall garage houses, right? Yeah. Not always in that way. That's not always what the heap looks like. But there's a there's a value in satisfaction. There's a, there's a, a value in fulfillment. And like, I get, this is something you can't put a number on for me. The fact that like, you know, I can look and say, I, I, 
I will not be afraid to stand before God and tell him what I did with what he gave me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like there's a there's a satisfaction in that for me. And so like he'll never be able to like I mean, I don't think he'll be able to say, you know, you didn't give enough. Sure. You know, you didn't give enough love, you didn't give enough time, you didn't get enough of like what I gave you. You didn't give enough. Like I I feel like I want to give it I, you know, like the sports cliche, I want to leave it all on the field. Yeah, right? you do. I just want to leave it all out there. And so even if that, you know, costs me something or it doesn't mean, means I don't get to go do this one other thing or whatever, I'm going to be blessed in other ways that have the long game value to it, not the short game, stupid yardstick of life and, and you know, the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, you know, again, I, I, the only other thing I did want to say on that topic is on giving is, uh, again, I do think there's a, a financial giving we do need to, to do, but also you have to think, hey, what else has God given me in life? Um, and I know my wife and I have really tried to, to tithe on our time, yes. right? To, to, to give to church in that aspect. We've tried to tithe on the blessings we do have. So we, you know, just a few weeks ago, we had the high school girls at our house, you know, and just try to, anytime we can, can use our house, our car or whatever, we're trying to use those things for the Lord as well. And again, I'm the one, I'm sure all those girls left and thought, oh, we had a good time. I'm the one grinning ear to ear thinking, yeah. wow, yes. I got to have these girls here. This is so cool. Yep. Again, yeah. I felt like the Christmas guy uh, giving them the present and, and I'm the one really reaping the, the benefit here. Um, and, and so again, when, when you just start to change that mindset from, oh, I got to give this 10% again, the, the great line in there of my money, <laughs> yes. right? When, when that changes to this is all God's, when that one thought can change, that's when everything changes. And now you start looking for opportunity. Where else can I give? Where else yeah. can I give? Where yeah. else can I give? I love that. And the joy just starts to increase in your life. Right. Gratitude starts to increase in your life. Yeah, we talk often here about time, talent, and treasure. And that, I feel like, I don't know if there's Bible support from this, but I feel like there's spiritual, Holy Spirit support for this, that I should be given at least a tenth of all those things, both yeah. time, talent, and treasure. Like I got to give a portion back to the people that can't repay it, the people that don't deserve it, the people that, I mean, like that's that's what loving my neighbors means. That's what loving my enemies means. That's what turning another cheek means. I yeah. just have to give it regardless of what their response is or what what they owe me or what I get regardless. And so, yeah, I feel like that's a big deal. So if I can take pictures, I got to give some of that taking pictures back to someone that can't afford to pay me or, you know, whatever. Sure. I got to give that back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the time as well. Speaking of talent, like, didn't you just like release an album or something? This like is that? great. You're letting me plug my record. Yeah, How kind let's of talk you. talk about that. So a uh, record is, it's good. Yes, I do have an album coming out. I've released two singles from it so far. The album is called Jesus Loves You and I Do Too. Uh, fast forward, I'll give you a, a 20 second reason why on that. My dad used to pass out tracks when he was uh, in his 20s. Uh, like, you know, little Jesus tracks, you know, you ever seen the fake yes. hundred dollar bills? His yep. didn't have that, but that's mentally, if you need to have visual. So pass it out when he would hand it to keep to kids, he would literally hand it to him and say, Jesus loves you. And I do too. And that's it. So it wasn't creepy. Yeah. Um, and he had his phone number on the back. And so I just thought how awesome that I'm making tracks in a different way, right? Song tracks yeah. Yeah. Uh, and giving those out. And so I thought, what do I want to say? And if I just, you know, if I die tomorrow, what would I want to say to somebody? And that's the sentence yeah. is Jesus loves you and I do too. That's awesome. And so that's the name of the record. The songs are all kind of about uh, Christ and, and my family and things like that. That's awesome. And they can find that everywhere where they uh, get Anywhere music. you stream music. Yeah. Look for Jonathan Wilson, Jesus loves you. And, and I, I do, do too. too. Yep. That's fantastic. I love that. Thank you. Is it like a rocking thing? Because I feel like it wouldn't be very poppy for you. Yeah. You're not really into the pop music. Yeah. It's you're like. More <laughs> 
You're more into the rock and roll. Yeah, this is more on, on the rock and roll. You can understand what I'm saying, though, right? This isn't like <laughs> yeah. screamo. Yes, you can understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Chew on That. We're glad that you guys could be part of that. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you would rate or review the podcast on however you're listening to this on that on that platform or share it with a friend. The more people that rate and review and the more people that uh, share it, the more people get to see it. We just think that Jesus is worth hearing about and his love is worth knowing. So thanks again for joining us. My name is uh, Scott Eastman. That was my friend, Jonathan Wilson. Uh, Jesus loves you and I do too on Spotify, Apple, and everything else. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Toodaloo.